Because it's ladies night. <laughs> that should be our opening. That should be yeah. <laughs> we'd get we'd get sued real oh, fast. Oh, she's a lady. <laughs> You're listening to the Leading Together podcast. This week we're starting a new series called Not So Little Women. And with that series change, we are changing up this podcast for the rest of this year, actually. And in a few minutes, you're going to hear a conversation Michelle had with Judy Lees and Jen Allen. Uh, but before we get there, I wanted to just touch base and ask you, Aaron, what are you hoping to do with this series? I am hoping for people to get stories of women in the Bible that aren't Mary at Christmas or the women at the tomb on Easter to see different stories of what women did in the scriptures that you don't normally look at because we have a tendency to naturally move towards the dudes, the the prophets, the minor prophets, the kings, the disciples, and that's who we tell the stories when we tell stories of. But it's really nice to also see that there are women in the Bible, and we're not going to cover everyone because that would probably take us a year. We're going to cover a few. And it's really nice to see how God uses us good and bad, because we will talk about, you know, a, a bad person too, but good and bad to show his glory and his good and that we can learn from everything that God puts in the scriptures. And you start with? I uh, start with an overview, a foundation. Uh, we're not looking at anybody and specifically we're looking at mankind as a whole and how God created us to be a dumb man. Thinking about this podcast, I wanted to kind of get some of the guy voices out. So we thought we would have you, Michelle, bring in a couple ladies to just discuss their feedback and kind of processing through together what it means uh, for us as a church each week to look at um, women in scripture and in our church body. Do you have any thoughts about kind of where you're hoping these conversations go? Yeah, well, I love having Jen and Judy be a part of it just because there is diversity among, I think, our life stages and our experiences and all three of us really have been on this journey of trying to disentangle maybe what specific aspects of culture have said, like what it means to be a woman in Christ as opposed to scripture and what Jesus has said about that. And I think all of us are pretty eager to learn more through this series and engage with it. So I think it'll be great to have different women's perspectives. We may bring in some guest speakers as well, but I think it's also neat to be able to bring it back to the three of us and for you two as men to see like, what's it like hearing women's feedback and where does that land with you? What you're saying is I'm going to speak to women the whole series and they're <laughs> going to speak to men on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the, the first discussion. Da, 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 da. I've never had to like start one of these. Usually Aaron's like, so I heard this thing. <laughs> right. Does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. <laughs> does that sound like Aaron? Yeah. Oh, so that's what I listen to. Pew Research says. Pew. <laughs> I know. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. We are kicking off a new series here called Not So Little Women. We have a shift kind of to our podcast format where I'm sitting down with a couple of new contributors. You want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Jen Allen. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited to see a church environment that is not scared to talk about women in the church. And something I think also that I'm really excited about is that Aaron is not afraid to step out of the the norm of things, uh, the norm of things talked about in the church. Mm. 
Um, so this is something where I have really been stretched in the past probably six months. Hmm. Let me ask, you hear about a series like this, Not So Little Women, what first comes to mind? I think I told you that this is uncomfortable for me to be here on so many levels. And one level is my whole church background has been that women are equal, but need to be silent. And I think men maybe have been taught this and women as well, that women are a danger. I think I believe the lie as well that we're a danger because we might be a usurper Hmm. trying to grab something. We might be a danger. I believe that about myself as well. Yeah. And that I need to stay down. I need to stay silent. And there was never a welcome place to use our gifts unless it was in the pink ghetto, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Where The pink ghetto. Yeah. That's amazing. That but, is not my original oh, thought Oh, really? Either. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't have very many original thoughts. No, no one does. <laughs> Nothing just, new under the sun. Yeah, but the pink ghetto where women's ministry, children's ministry. So to be in a church that shows God's plan for his church and his family is really exciting and cool and and stretching me. Going through the forgiveness series, there were some people that I thought I should go and ask for forgiveness to a couple women because of specific conversations that I had with them just about this and how they felt that they wanted to serve. And I said that I really thought that it was better that they wouldn't serve in those capacities because it allowed men to be off the hook and they would sit back and not do anything. Mm -hmm. And these were for three specific women just in this past, I would say, six months. And even um, I remember years ago where I was asked to do something and my husband was not in the same place of wanting to do it with me. So I said, I don't think it's I don't think it's the right time. I don't think I should do that because my husband's not there with me. So somebody said to me, why would you put yourself off from growing because your husband wasn't there? And I took the opportunity and I was very grateful. So I'm curious because I think that sentiment's pretty common. I mean, you guys tell me what you think, but almost like the scarcity mindset, right? Of like, well, it's either we've got to be men leading to the detriment of women in these roles or vice versa. And it sounds like you've moved away from that so much. So how would you view that now? Well, I th- I think seeing it more on an even um, playing field hmm. is exciting because I see it as as helping one another. And isn't that what we are called to do? Help one another, whether we're married or not? I feel like historically, too, that church has been men over there, women over there. And for God's plan, for his greater narrative of his gospel and the picture of his church as a family, we need to get back to the brotherly and sisterly love that he has for us. 
And to do that, we need women, men and women together yeah. to accomplish those tasks. And if men, if women are thriving, men are going to be thriving mm-hmm. in our church. Jesus, he was so counterculture in this, mm-hmm. you know, he, every society and, and culture around him was like, women down, women down, you know, go away. But he, he lifted them up and he brought them into his ministry. He exalted them in a brand new way that never happened. And I think that message is still relevant today for our church mm-hmm. and for the church worldwide. I, I That resonates with me a ton because growing up, I think similar to both of you, I also got these strong messages, whether explicit or implicit about how men and women relate and, you know, women are to be submissive and whether it was intended to be communicated this way or not, it really, it was like a subordinate position um, and viewing helpers, not through this lens of equality and partnership, but you know, we are there as kind of like the second string in the practical every day of like church life, seeing this huge segregation. And it's exactly that. Like the more you read about what it means to be a gospel centered family, like, and a new, a new earth, right. That we're ultimately waiting for this new creation. It's like, you don't read about, Oh, there's going to be like the men's section and the Mm. women's section. It's, it's no, it's us together worshiping Jesus. And so how do we, recreate that here and not that there aren't appropriate times for separation but also learning how to navigate those relationships together and to thrive in that space can i share this quote too it says the vision of the church as the family of god so what should it have been like in eden what will it be like in the new jerusalem and how can the church live that way now Mm -hmm. it's like oh i love that does our belief and our practice match up yeah Thinking about equality, it's profitable to get the ladies to do their own thing from GC sometimes, or do you think that's another segregated? I think it's fine to get women together as long as maybe that's not always the norm. Yeah. Or if there's fear Mm -hmm. mandating that, right? Like we have to separate men and women because, you know, we can never talk about these things or, you know, for like those three things, right? Women are going to usurp or tempt or... You know, they can't be a part of this conversation. That's different than saying, no, we're going to intentionally, I think, gather men and women separately, you know, for the purpose of whatever. Yeah, RGC is going to start doing that. We've, we've oh. never really had that kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start incorporating that. But our co-ed gatherings, our mixed gatherings are pretty transparent as far as like subjects matter. Well, maybe if groups aren't doing that time together, that maybe that's something they could try to incorporate to see if it... Mm-hmm helps their group yeah also we have some single ladies so it is nice for us to do a breakout and 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 you know give them that time so the first message called the female man what stood out to you too <laughs> well the first first thing was when I heard the the name of the message I'm like whoa okay I wonder how many emails Aaron's going to get with this title <laughs> but it really made a lot of sense um, talking about the humankind being male and female together I mm. thought that was really neat yeah, that we're just as much of an image bearer of God as the men are, you know, mm-hmm. that we have intrinsic value, not mm-hmm. because of anything else, except that we're 
image bearers of God that he he said of us as well that it is very good. I think what stood out to me is just the the incompleteness of mm-hmm. yeah life ministry anything really um where one gender is lacking just how we were designed to um really fulfill our purpose together mm-hmm. and so if we really exclude either all men or all women um there's so much that's just missed there also that it's not just in the marriage setting mm-hmm how even when you're single, you are in the body with other men and women. And that helper is not a derogatory term, that mm. God himself is viewed as a helper. Yes. God sends a helper, the Holy Spirit, who is part of the Trinity. Like It's like, oh, yeah, that is. Right. And would we ever dare like, yeah. call the Spirit subordinate, right? right? Or tell the Spirit to no way. just be quiet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go make me a sound. <laughs> Yeah, the connotation of helper. And it's going to be interesting to, to see how we can reframe that through a gospel lens. A helper. That is, that's really a beautiful word, though. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with being called a helper. Mm-hmm. And my husband is a great helper as well. Mm-hmm. And so for two helpers to help together, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the sermon, too. Like I like that it, when he said it's not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> It's not good for ladies to be alone either. Right. So mm. There's just that mutual give and take. There's just beauty and diversity. For sure. Of community. Like I think about the the godly men who have loved me well and shaped me. And, and it's like I look back and my life would be so different without that influence. Mm-hmm. Do you have spiritual mothers as well? Yeah. Okay. I do. I think... I think as a woman, though, there's just they're not of like inherently different value, but there's something special about these spiritual like brothers and fathers. I think just because I am a woman, there's such an inherent difference there, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're both in GC leadership roles. What do you hope for your GC going forward, either in regard to the series or just this message specifically, what are you really hoping they're going to take away? How they will hold this message with open hands mm. and open open hearts to hear what God is teaching them explicitly and to come out of it without any division. I hope that people will let go of what they've been taught and be open to what God is teaching them now mm. and that we are image bearers, all of us, and, and the Great Commission and the gospel cannot go forward without men and women working side by side mm. together. Amen. It cannot happen. And I hope that women will see their intrinsic value, not because the world says they're valuable, not because feminism says they're valuable, mm. but because they are image bearers of God. The creator has said it. The creator said it. Mm. And he has a place for them in his kingdom and in his work. So... I'm excited. It's a mind shift even for me, like I said. Mm-hmm. So so thankful God brought us here. Aww. It's just uh, growing me in, in, in a new way. I'm seeing God in a new way and just falling in love with him in, in, mm. in a whole new way. Well, thank you both so much mm. for joining. Thanks for awesome having, having us. Awesome having you here. Hopefully, hopefully the first of many times.
so I really appreciated that. I think it was a, it was a great discussion. I, I think it'd be great for people in their GCs this week, maybe to just go around and tell people what they appreciate about one another. Like, and, and, and not like I, I like your shoes, you know, something that's about their person and how they handle the world or see things so that everybody can see that maybe outside of ourselves, people see who we are many times better than we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so you can just kind of compliment people about something that in their person that is valuable. Mm -hmm. And that might be a good way to, mm -hmm. to start. And what Jen was talking about, you know, with the, actually we're going to have a link to an article next week about the different ways throughout history that men have improperly viewed women. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about Eve next week, because we know so little about Eve that we extrapolate so much. And there has been a whole segment of a male-centered theological view that blames certain things on the women so men don't have to take responsibility. And so we will talk about that when we talk about Eve. Hmm. Cool. I think this was clear in my conversation with Judy and Jen too, but I'm, I'm sure I know it's pervasive beyond that. I think there are a lot of women that have felt like they have to sit on the sidelines. And I, my personal hope is through this message, they'll feel more empowered and excited about how God's calling them to participate in his mission and alongside men and do that in a way that's healthy and beautiful. I thought too, when you were talking to Judy, that the whole thing of the female man, that that's going to make people go, what? And so I'm hoping people listen to the message uh -huh. before they just freak out. But I, I did specifically title it that just to get a response. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for, and Judy and Jen for having that <laughs> conversation. And I know that they were nervous. Uh, and so they did great. They did great. And I re really appreciate them for uh, diving in and sitting at the mic. So the Pew Research poll that I read <laughs> said. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs>